Welcome to the Painted Target Podcast. Episode 19, Painted Target Podcast. I'm Jason at Aware Integrate on Twitter, awarenessintegrations.com. And I have Jay Campbell here again today with us. He is at TRT Expert on Twitter. He's got TOTRevolution.com. He's the author of the TOT Bible, which I'm sure most of my listeners have heard about, and the Metabolic Blowtorch Diet. He's done a bunch of PDFs, so you have to go to his website, check it out. He's got, it's called the Optimized Forever Group, right, Jay, on Facebook? That's correct, Jason. And, yeah, so he's got a lot of stuff going on, and just go to his website, go to his Twitter, and all his stuff is there. But thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I appreciate being here. It's going to be, I know we've been waiting to do this uh, podcast for a while to really really just let all the just just let it all fly out man let the air out yeah so so what we've been trying to do guys is we've been kind of i mean first of all i kind of said this on the last podcast but i met jay years ago he's been like i don't like to use this word because it's kind of a uh, overused but he's basically been like a coach to me health coach he got me into reading about all this stuff and really kind of going down these rabbit holes and helped me a lot recently, especially with the certification I just did. So it's, it's kind of all come together, but one topic that's kind of been on my mind a lot, but we talk about kind of in like these private circles is, so we do all this stuff. We'll call it, you could call it the inner work. You can call it mastery. You could call it awareness. You could call it spirituality, whatever you want to call it. We do all this stuff, and me and Jay were reading hundreds of books a year. You know, we're we're searching, we're we're figuring things out, studying. It's I I consider it basically just a flashlight on ourselves, inside ourselves. But one of the questions that if, that has kind of come up with us is, where's kind of this line between searching, studying, doing these things? And actually, I don't want to say putting it into practice because that's part of the problem, but actually using it in daily life. So like an example I use is we'll go to a seminar, these conferences, whatever they are, and then, you know, it's all good. You're trying to get to this higher state, meditating, all this crap, and then you get in your car and you're pissed off because someone cut you off. So where's this line between kind of using this stuff not like in a hedonistic way but where's kind of the cutoff point you know and that's kind of what we're trying to explore here so jay i mean in your personal experience because you've been studying this stuff for longer than i've been alive so you know you've you've you're out on the west coast you're around a lot of people what do you kind of think what do you think about this line like what's your opinion on it 
It's a great question. And first off, man, congratulations on passing the NASM test. That's definitely the hardest test nowadays. And it's funny Thanks, since man. you and I spoke about that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. It's, 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 it's a great achievement accomplishment. Um, I actually had a conversation with a guy who's like a very high level personal trainer. You know who he is. Um, I won't mention his name. Um, but he said, no, dude, he's like the clinical strength and conditioning specialist um, degree now or, or, you know, rec- what is it called? Certification by the NSCA is like not as, not as, um, not as, uh, how, is, how do I say it? Not as difficult as it was then. So you do, dude, you just passed the hardest test. And it's so, crazy talking about that because I didn't really know, like, you, you know, we're good friends, but yep. I kind of figured that's like the route that everybody went. No, and I was that's like, the hardest one. That's the hardest one. No, I mean, you, yeah. You could have taken the A's. I mean, there's a bunch of governing bodies, but dude, look, the bottom line at the end of the day with that is, you took the hardest one and that's the most important. And if you can master that and have that kind of working knowledge, there's nothing you can't tackle as far as like helping clients. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. I really didn't know. Like I kind of got done and they sent me a bunch of emails and people were talking to me and they're like, yeah, it was tough and all this thing. And I thought, man, I thought like everybody, I thought you kind of had to go that route, but I guess, I guess not everybody does. So you worked no, out. No, and whoever advised you to do that was smart because it's definitely the best one. So anyway, congratulations. But back to the original question. Um, yeah, dude, like, you know, first off, just to give it a little bit of a backstory, you know, you said it right, man. I mean, the people that know me in that space, you know, whatever this is, like the esoteric searching for meaning, searching for mankind's truth, um, no mind, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of different terms for it. Um, I've been in this game, dude, since like literally I was like six years old and I ran out of the back catholic church my dad chased me he's like where are you going and i'm like i'm not staying there yeah. right so i've been down this path for a long time and it's like you said like you i've read many many books many of us you and me together have met many of the same books and shared passages and you know talked about what was meaningful for us and also by the way just so you know and for the listeners too um jason's coached me in the spiritual aspect of things man i call him yoda he's really 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 smart when it comes to this stuff um, and he picks up and he's a really, really fast learner. We've actually even been to some spiritual stuff together. And, um, you know, he's an interesting person. We, I, I've seen some interesting things with him. So anyway, just as much as you coach me, I coach you. Brother. Cool, just, man. Yep. Just know that. But, um, but regard to the question, um, I do think that we're in a time and age right now that a lot of people are going down this path. And when I say they're going down this path, they're choosing different books and they're choosing different like mindsets that allow them to, quote unquote, seek out this type of information. But, you know, the line in the stand is what you and I talk about all the time. And I think where we really want to go with this podcast is like, at what point do you actually put what you're learning into practice? And too many people today want to read and want to learn, but then they don't want to take action. And if you don't take action with what you learn, then really, what are you doing? I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, um, analogies out there and cliches you know, action, uh, you know, um, information without action is paralysis. I mean, there's so many different things, but it's like you do, as you said many times, and, you know, you're, you're, you're tweeting a lot on Twitter about this. Um, you really do have to take what you learn and put it into practice. And I think and we can talk about this, obviously, but I think the easiest way for human, human beings to put this stuff into practice is literally just to create a daily routine. And it can be so easy, you know, to put it in your calendar, you know, people can't come at you and say, Oh my God, I don't have time. I forget, you know, one day a week I do it. And then I forget the other six. I mean, it's very simple in life 
to be accountable to yourself. And I, as you know, I, I'm accountable to myself via my calendar because I don't have time with kids and businesses and responsibilities and, you know, a wife and dogs and you know how it is. I mean, it just, you can get so overrun so fast. So again, how do you become accountable? Well, you put all this stuff in your calendar. And then, as you know, Jason, you have to do it. You have to show up. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like people, so like, let's say someone starts doing the calendar. I feel like they're looking at it almost as like a chore. You know, it's kind of like you said, oh, one day a week, I don't have time, but, but, well, you have to start somewhere and, and I'm guilty of being on Twitter and basically just like bashing everything. I'm just like, all this stuff you're doing is a, you know, to people is a waste of time. It's a joke. It's really not. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to have some sort of path. And that's the first step is essentially holding yourself accountable, which is what you're saying. But these, a lot of times it's used as kind of an excuse or even kind of an escape of like, it's like meditation where people will be like, well, I meditate during the day and, I, and I've had people tell me, oh, I'll just do it forever. Like I'll always meditate. I'm in this great space when I'm meditating, contemplating, like Hawkins says, all these things. But it always leaves this angle of, well, what are you doing in the other 23 hours of the day? So. Right excuse me, like it almost comes off as like, okay, you're doing these things. You're trying to hold yourself accountable, but a lot of people, they come off as almost like they're miserable. So they have to do these things. And I try to jump back before that, which is kind of like, you know, the no mind space, jump in the space before the labels and say, well, why are you in that position in the first place? Because like you said, they're either using it as something that they're using their life is better because of these teachings, et cetera, or it's just a space quote unquote that they can go to kind of escape the horrors of the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, very well said. I think the easiest way for people to really understand what we're talking about is like, I just pulled up my calendar as I'm standing here on this podcast and I'm just going to just like go through it really, really quickly and just like give people an idea, you know, because I think we both know that, you know, when you and I and people like us talk about this stuff, a lot of people immediately go to the mindset of like, oh, my God, this is so woo woo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. not going to do my, you know, my daily journaling or my five minute miracle or any of that stuff. But and and, and clearly, I don't want you to if you don't feel comfortable doing oh, that. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. can institute, you know, regular daily what I call like ritualistic practices that don't take much time. Right. And so anyway, here's mine. So like. And this is, and again, let me just preface this. This is not every single day. That's not realistic. We all know that life gets in the way. You're going to have things happen to you. But basically, if I wake up at five o'clock in the morning, and I would say that I probably wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning at least three days a week on, you know, during the Monday through Friday week. Um, and sometimes I wake up at five o'clock on the weekends. It just depends on how much traveling and if I'm on the East Coast versus the West Coast and blah, blah, blah. I have a daily affirmation. And by the way, I do do these things because they pop up on my phone. Okay. Like the first three things in the morning, I don't need my phone to remind me that I do these things, but all these other things that are set up on my phone. will get, I get a notification and you know, sometimes I could be in the middle of doing something and I'll look at my phone and I'll stop and I'll take a step back and I'll take a couple deep breaths and I'll just read it. Right. And again, it's nothing. Right. So my, my first thing I do is a daily affirmation in the morning. Okay. Um, I'm not going to read it, but I mean, it's just, it's literally three statements. Um, and then literally another hour to an hour and a half later, I have a morning mantra 
And that is what I say every day of my life, no matter what, I memorize it. I say, I am joy, I am love, I am gratitude. I see, hear, feel, and know the purpose of my life is to optimize human health. I'm powerful, persuasive, and intentional in all that I say and do in serving God and walking the path, right? And that's it, right? And I say that every single day, no matter what, because I've memorized it, right? And then the rest of my day is, well, I do, depending on the schedule, but normally I have set aside, I have some meditation. And as Jason knows, like, I'm not a deep meditator. Jason's a deep meditator. My wife, Monica, is a deep meditator. For me, meditation is what I call really just contemplation, where yeah. I go somewhere, I put my feet in the grass or the dirt, I have my dog sitting next to me. I have the sounds of nature in the background. And even if I don't have the sounds of nature in the background, I literally put my Bluetooth headset on and I listen to the sounds of nature and I just clear my head. And I think for 10, maybe 15 minutes, sometimes less, um, about nothing. I just like, you know, we talk, Jason and I talk about all the time about no mind, but it's just like, I go to a place where I'm like alone in the wilderness and all I hear is nature and I have nothing else. I'm completely disconnected. And in that time, I just allow myself to think of nothing, right? Yeah. And usually when I, I'm done thinking of nothing and I come back, I feel so much better and energized for that day, especially if my feet are in the grass and I do have the sounds of nature around me. It just, you know, it's for me, again, it just feels like, wow, I'm just able to disconnect from all of this. And then that's it. You know, the rest of the day, I have like little tiny notifications that come up that are just prayers. And I yeah. think, you know, Jason, I, I, and again, you and I've talked about this a lot of times, but I feel that when you really are doing these practices and um, you're reading the book, you're walking the path, you have to become devotional. And what I mean by devotional is, is that when you say these prayers, you really do have to mean them. And again, they can be anything and it does. I don't care who you pray to, you know. Um, but if you're devotional and what I mean by devotional is, is that you're just accepting of like what happens in your yep. life and where you're going to go and what's going to happen. And you don't, you know, and we'll talk about this later in this podcast, but you don't freak out Resist. You know, to what, yep. yeah, to what goes on around you. Then that's when these things that you're doing really start to create change in your life. Yep. And that is the main, <clears throat> that's like the main point in all of this is, First of all, yeah, like you said, I don't, I, I do contemplation and I know we get that from Hawkins. I don't do much meditation anymore. It's really kind of it just letting the, because people will say like, what do you mean by thinking about not thinking? It's like, it's basically letting the mind go where it goes and not holding on to it. You know, I, I, I know there's some, you know, sages out there and all this, but I don't really necessarily believe in the whole you know, I just look out a window and there's completely nothing going on in the mind. It's like, no, you can have whatever you want going on in the mind. Right. Don't attach to it. And that's the point. That's why you feel so energized and all this. But yeah, you nailed it because the whole like idea of kind of enlightenment or being aware or doing all this stuff, it's not going to some dimension and putting on robes and like moving to the Himalayas necessarily, especially in the West, it's being in a position where the observer is the one that is quote unquote in control. And that's right. by acceptance. And that's by, because people, especially, you know, kind of in our realm, they don't always like to hear the word acceptance. I mean, where I came from, you don't, that word doesn't exist, but what it means is not, 
accept where you are and sit down. It means if you are in a position where it simply is what it is and nothing you've done has changed it, you sit back, you observe, accept, and then it can become better. I mean, that that is the end goal. To me, enlightenment is that. It's knowing when to accept and it's letting the mind go if you want it to go and it's letting things happen the way they happen because we wrestle with life but life is never going to get better until you accept it and see it you have to know it up oh, i'm in a shit state right now things are going bad i wish things were different i accept it i'm not where i want to be and what happens every time you do that things start changing and i really believe like you said that that's basically the definition of enlightenment that's how you use these things you know dude that's so epic man i i got lost in listening to what you said because it was so profound but yeah i mean i mean going just going back to the contemplation thing to the beginning too it's like there are many people out there that will give you strategies right on how to silence your mind like they'll tell you to think of like whatever um, you know, I, I remember when I first learned about this in my early 20s, like I remember thinking of like you're a, you're a pebble falling in a pond and you're focusing on the pond as it, you know, falls to the bottom. Yeah. And as it hits the bottom, you know, what's on the bottom? You know, you and I have always made that funny statement of like, be the bowl, right? Because mm -hmm. people talk about you're the fish and the yeah. fish is in the bowl. But what you really want to be when you're observe, uh, the, the observer in all states of being is to be the actual bull, right? Like it doesn't yeah. matter to be the fish or the water. You're actually just the bull. You're just there accepting everything. But like, there's a lot of ways to do it. But I think what you said is, you know, like I said, profound and it explains it in detail. It really is just about acceptance and being okay with whatever happens to you. It doesn't matter, right? Like so many people, I, I think, you know, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing this and I don't know who, who I'm paraphrasing this from, but I've said this a million times in my newsletter. I said, we only have control over two things in this world, right? We have control over our state of being. And then we have control over the words that we speak and then the actions relative that we take, you know, around those words, everything else we have no control over, right? Like if something happens with you and you're in a car and a car blows up right around you, or you're standing out in a crowd and a, you know, a bunch of people, whomever start shooting at people in the crowd, like the only thing you can control is how you respond. Yep. That's the yep. only thing you can control. And then it's the same thing with like the way you live your life, right? Like, you know, you use Twitter or you use any social media. It's like, if you're a person and you understand that you have total control over the thoughts you think and the actions that you take why would you say negative things about others or yourself or project you know as you already said you know negative feelings because the reality is is that the universe is never never anything more than a mirror everything yeah. that you put out yep. okay is what comes back and so if you reflect positivity if you reflect production or pro productivity it's likely you're going to get that back and, and dude we both know right we see such going on in the world today where people just want to just react or emote or just, you know, break down or, 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 or just lose their, their, their space, you know, lose their, their, um, you know, their, their conscious, you know, thought processes by just Choice. acting emotionally yeah. and irrationally and just unproductively. And then as we both know, dude, it just comes back in spades. And it's like, when people just start recognizing that all they have to do is just be the same at all things, you know, 
it goes back to that, that adage, right? The the uh, the Taoist adage about the, um, the the priest or not the priest, but the um, the, the the monk who was handed the baby. Um, you know, when he was just one of those guys, he just hand you know this this couple handed him the baby, and then he was charged with murder or not murder, but he was charged with like kidnapping or something like that. And everything he always would say was that so. Is that so? Is that so? And then they finally came back and they said, well, you know what? We found out that you didn't kidnap the baby. The baby was just handed to you. And all he would say was he didn't care. He had been in jail for like six months. He said, is that so? And they let him out. So it's just like he lives his life as like, it doesn't matter what happens. I stay in the same state of mind, the same peaceful serenity that that happens no matter what. It doesn't matter what happened to you. And obviously it's easier said than done for most people to live like that. But if people understood that that was the best way and that's what they should be striving to do. There would be so much less drama in the universe. Yeah. And what people have to, you know, realize, and it's, you know, this isn't preaching because we're all human here is it's not. So it, you, you just said this, but it's what's behind that story that matters. You know, none of us or anybody really in this realm is telling you to, just, you know, you walk outside and a tree fell on your car. Who cares? My house is burning down. Who cares? It's the story behind technically the way the mind works is until you start labeling, it's just a blank space. It's a blank canvas. The titles, the definition, the labels, and the things that we add to life are what torture us through life. It's that simple. We wrestle with life instead of moving with it. You know, they talk about like a river. You know, you like you said, I, I can't keep up with all the stuff I read, but they're like, you need to look at life as kind of like a leaf that fell on a river. Like, is the leaf the river? Is it still a leaf? It's just going down the river. You know, we're not this ties into kind of another point we have, but the East lives a certain way and the West lives a certain way, but it can be applied to the Western lifestyle because I can tell you easily and I mean, you You've hung around, we've hung around together. We know each other personally. I use, I mean, I don't even like to say the word use, but you know, I use this stuff every day. I I call it, uh, you know, call it getting pinged. Like I'll get pinged on stuff and things will happen and you get annoyed. Something happens, you know, just life stuff. But there's always that two seconds now where I'm just in the background and it's just, okay, you know what's going on here and i i now have that choice to react the way i want to react so i'm only bringing this up because this stuff can be used in modern times but you have to know what's behind it because i always use this example it's a good one when you're on jay because of how much you know about health and stuff but it's like we take medication what do we take it for to slow the mind that's how the benzodiazepines all these things work so the idea is if you take something and it slows the mind what is that or you meditate whatever you're doing what does that prove to us that proves to us that there is a quote-unquote place before these labels and that's where you need to spend most of your time if you're in a business meeting you don't just sit back and put a robe on and put your feet up and whatever, but you go, okay, can you observe what's going on without the emotion? And it's funny because when you do, you make the right decision. And if things go bad, you're aware that they went bad and you do what you can. If you can't do anything else, there you go. But that's kind of like what people need to understand is you can use this stuff in the West. 
you know, look at you, how busy you are. I spent, you know, time with you out West and you're doing a million things, but it's like I told people, you know, some of the people we know, I never felt that you were overwhelmed by them. And that's kind of like a big, that was a big teaching point for me too, because it's easy to be overwhelmed, but you know, that's what we're trying to basically say here is these things can be used, you know, like you can use them every day. Yeah, man, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, I mean, it's all exactly. I mean, when you say not, you know, not overwhelmed, I mean, again, it's just a state, right? It's like, it's a choice. I mean, you know, how deep do we want to really go? I mean, if, you know, if we go back to Hawkins and we, and we really truly understand like the metaphysical aspects of consciousness, I mean, people like Hawkins and there's others obviously too. um, They say straight up that we're, this is a dream state, right? That we're literally living in a physical reality that our minds consciously manifest. Right. So if you understand that, right. And again, a lot of our listening audience is not as well-read as you and I are, but they can easily become as well-read as I, you know, read any of David Hawkins' books, guys, Power Versus Force. Um, There's a lot of other ones, Letting Go. I mean, there's numerous books, but if you get to that level of understanding and you agree with it, and obviously both you and I do, to me, that's when you're like, okay, wait a minute. I get overwhelmed. I stand up. I walk outside my house. I take some deep breaths. I look up at the sky. I take, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the, you know, the sunny day and the blue sky. And I just like say like, okay, I'm overwhelmed, but why am I overwhelmed? I'm dreaming all of this. Right. So it's like, I'm going to become grateful instantaneously again now, because I'm like, well, why would I, why would I be overwhelmed when I have this amazing opportunity to be alive in this physical body? You know, Mike, you know, Mike Cernovich and I did an awesome podcast over the weekend, which hasn't broken yet, but we, that was the point. The whole point was like, it's never been a greater time to be alive. Right. So like, why is it a great time to be alive? So to cross reference it or cross link it into this podcast that you and I are doing right now, it's like, well, if you're conscious of the idea that you are alive and you are alive again in this dream state or, you know, in this physical manifestation, I mean, that's a gift in and of itself. Yep. Right. So why why are you going to get stressed out over what somebody says to you or your inability to pay a bill or, you know, your like inability to pass a test or, you know, your inability to like your boss or your inability to like the person that sits in the cubicle next to you. I mean, it's all nonsense, dude. Yeah, it's it's a waste. And, And the thing is, is when they say things are a dream. It's easy to take it, especially when you start getting into this stuff like, well, what does he mean? Well, what they mean by a dream is that you're creating it. The mind is projecting out this kind of image of your life. But if we, which who knows, maybe they'll, they probably already have something like this with the way mental activity works. But, you know, you take certain drugs that slow down certain areas of the brain that do this worrying and all this stuff and what you have is kind of this blank canvas. So it's just knowing that in theory, if you have a problem, you have a bad situation, walk outside, tree fell in your car. Okay. You're going to have to deal with the car. So if you get mad, you're now dealing with being mad, wrestling, resisting, hating, why this happened to me and having to deal with the car. So the quote unquote master or the sage or the highly aware person says, oh, there it is. I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm pissed. Who wouldn't be? Okay, got it. You know, done. Let it go. So now what do I need to do to fix it? I mean, that that is the easiest way to put all the stuff that we're talking about is 
what do you gain by the worry, by all these things? So what I try to tell people is what do you gain past a certain point? You know, you're not going to be numb. You're going to feel something. Things are going to go wrong. You mad. Okay. But I would say about five seconds in, you need, like you said, you need to be checking that. If you have to walk out, if you have to do whatever, that's fine. Because the big difference between an enlightened person, so to speak, which that word has been so dragged down in the mud, <laughs> you know, at this point, I don't even like using that. I just say highly aware. It's it's like you said, it's being able to know that you know that something's going on. Because, I, I mean, you want to take it to the bare bones level. I think highly aware, enlightenment, doing the work is really nothing more, I kind of already said this, than knowing that you have a choice. Because Jason, you just said the best statement you've ever said in your whole life, and you don't even realize it. You said, let's just, but, and both of it, we should just trademark it and hash market from forever. It's <laughs> knowing that you know. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I mean, I Dude, just. That's so profound. That's it. Like you said, enlightenment, awareness. No, it's knowing that you know. Yep. Which Literally, is, that's it right there. That's the magical statement. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, I don't like to use the word control, but that's kind of the ultimate control because you just know that this stuff is going on. And another person, a couple people that do really good with this, people sleep on Alan Watts. I, I don't know why he's not talked about more, probably because he's very philosophical. His reading is pretty intense. I read like Michael four of his- listens to that shit every night, bro. Oh, like, I-, I go to bed with that stuff pounding. I'll come up and she'll be sound asleep and that guy's obscure voice Oh yeah, in the background on a speaker. But by the way, when you said, when I said that, after you said that, I just literally got goosebumps on both of my arms. I'm literally looking at them right now. If we were on video right now, I would show you, but that's pretty powerful knowing that, you know, that's it. Yeah. I just, I it feel like that's about the best way to put it. And, you know, a lot of what Watts said, okay, so this was a big turning point for me. I'll say it real quick on here is it was recent too is in his books, I read like four of his books in two weeks. I just, I couldn't get enough of them. And he, he said something like the problem is, is that and I'm guilty of this. I'm admitting this to the world. People are trying to destroy the mind. They're trying to destroy the ego. I'm sure I've tweeted about it probably a hundred times, but he said, that's not the point. That's not enlightenment. It's knowing you have these gods and these demons in your consciousness, in your subconscious, basically the parts of us that are programmed and messed up and essentially accepting them not as part of life, but as life. Right. So it's not, I'm trying to get away from this pain in my head or in my whatever. That's just part of it. So when I'm driving, and I've, I have this happen driving to the gym or something, my mind's chattering away. It's chattering away, just going and going. It's bringing me down. I'm losing energy. And you just accept it. And that's kind of the thesis of his books. You're like, well, right now, part of my life or the whole of my life is, hey, the mind's going to go. It's just going today. Like he actually said, and obviously we don't mean this as like a religious God, but he's like, God is your mind going a million miles an hour. God is, I didn't sleep good last night and I'm pissed off all day. That's experience. That's life. That's, you know, that's, that's what it is. So it, that was a big turning point for me because, you know, because it allows you to not run from it. And that's kind of what we're talking about is like, okay, so if you're meditating or you're going to conferences or you're doing these things, 
Are you doing them to escape the bad quote unquote now, or are you doing it as the experience of now, you know, and that's the questions that we kind of have to ask ourselves. But really, Jay, I I think after reading a lot of his stuff and Hawkins, I mean, we've read so many things that I can't really remember them all, but what it kind of comes down to for me is it's not the robes. It's not sitting there quiet and meditating 24 seven. It's being aware, you know, knowing that, you know, being aware that you're aware. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else the point of this stuff would be. And I think we should continue to, you know, study and have these podcasts and do these things because it's a resource for people. And that's, you know, that's good. That's, that's where we're at. We have, you and I have to teach, but just going back to the knowing that, you know, like, yeah, I mean, to break it down and, you know, really get into the thick of it to, to apply it to living in the matrix right now is just saying like, you know, for example, you and I can use yesterday, right? We, we talked about this before we went on the show. We, we went to Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving, we went to Easter um, Sunday celebrations with family and, you know, lots of sleepers, lots of people who are not aware but like being amongst the unaware or the sleepers or however you want to phrase them. And again, I'm not saying sleepers as like a derogatory term. That's just kind of the term that we use, right? If you're not aware, right? You're kind of asleep. And that's, it's important. I think that people understand and you and I have had this conversation at least a thousand times. It's like, it's not our right or anyone who's quote unquote, knowing that they know or knowing in the know to inform or to attempt to awaken people that are asleep, right? Because that's their right to stay asleep. They have that right. There's, you know, they're going to wake up when they wake up. But I think it's just the exact personification and embodiment of what we're talking about. Knowing that, you know, is literally controlling your state no matter what happens to you, right? So for example, yesterday, something crazy happens. People start, you know, asking me questions about something that I'm an expert on and they're challenging me. Now, if I wasn't knowing that I'm aware and knowing that, you know, I do know, I would have gotten to the point where I became emotional and I've been Reactive, like, you know what, I don't want to talk to you people. You're bothering me, blah, blah, blah. But I just stayed calm and I sat there and I let them talk. And then I would say, are you receptive to me telling you something different than what you perceive? And they were like, you know, kind of taken aback that I said it that way, but they're like, yeah, sure, go on, you know, go ahead. And then I would speak. And if it still didn't resonate with them or they still didn't understand it or they still wanted to deny it, well, then that's on them. That's a choice. Yeah. No, because Jason, you know this, right? Like Monica is always saying this to me. And again, for those who don't know, that's my wife. She's an amazing spiritual mentor and teacher of mine, but she says people are going to be who people are going to be. So if you're going to react to based on the way they behave or they do or say or speak or act or whatever, then that's on you, right? Because at the end of the day, it's still everything is a choice. Yeah. So if you know that you know, and again, I love that. I'm going to use that from for now. Like, then you're never going to allow them or anyone or anything to disrupt your flow state, right? And your flow state is just attempting to be, you know, in no mind as often as you can. And and, and you already said it in this podcast. It's impossible to not be disrupted. That's the that's the beauty of the physical experience. We're we're living here, but we're in this dream state. We're you know trying to make the most of our opportunities and everything that comes at us. And in that understanding, knowing that you're around people um, who are not as aware, knowing that you're around um, situations that you have no control of, because remember you only have control of two things. Um, then how are you going to react when everything goes to shit? Yeah, and 
Yeah. It happens. You're going to have times where your ego, we haven't even talked about the ego, but the ego, which is your survival programming, which keeps you alive in this day and age, right? Is going to call the shots and is going to, you know, catch the ticket. And you then, in knowing that your ego is in charge, you still have to know that you know and pull back the reins and go back to that no mind state or that productive, you know, I'm Jay, I'm Jason, I'm completely calm and I'm in control of myself as fast as you can. But you also have to recognize you're not always going to be in that state, no matter how um, living in no mind you are. Again, that's just part of the earthly experience. Yeah, and that's it. That's the key point. And like I said, one of the things I learned recently is it is the experience. So it's you can't you the reaction is resisting what is. And when you do that, you kind of that's when everything goes off the rails. We see it in politics. I mean, it's it's so it's stuck in a circle and the ego and the mind and all that is definitely survival programming. And it's like you said, it's, it's not anyone thinks they're better than anyone else or like right. asleep awake. It's a, it, it's just, there are people that live in programming. There are people that live before the programming and that's all it is. It, it's not even the funny thing is with this stuff is, it's really not woo woo. It's real. It's like, it's, it's it's like symbolic, you know, we read a lot of stuff and it's very, you know, I think of like the Nag Hammadi text and like, you know, you you could go way, way down, but when you look at this stuff, it's really just almost like a poetic way, even the Zen stuff to kind of just tell you how to live. You know, there's like a Zen quote that says something like you do all this work and eventually it becomes a choiceless choice. So you will be, you will react to things. You will do whatever, you know, I remember reading in some story, like a guy's house burnt down. He came home, he cried, he went to his knees, he flailed, he went crazy and he stood back up and he was like, all right, so how are we going to rebuild this house? You know, it's just going with what happens at the time and then taking action, which is funny because in this whole Twitter atmosphere, Everybody wants control. Everyone wants mastery and all these cool words that they use. I mean, it's all the same words. Like, I don't even want to go into that because they, it's just, a, it, it's a, it's a hobby. You know, these things are a hobby, but the bottom line is that's what these teachings are saying. It's like, if you, if you want to be the real alpha male, you want to be really in control. You want to be this master. It's very simple. Be the person that is sitting back and watching while everybody's reacting. Be the per- you know, and that's a good leader. I mean, that's leadership 101. Everything's going to just hell in a handbasket and you're sitting there going, "Okay, well, it went to shit. We've accepted that. Um, what are we going to do now?" You know, right, and now that, what? Yeah, right. now what? And that's like even from, you know, the 50s, it's the strong silent type. It's the stoic you know, all this stuff is, it kind of comes from that. It comes from the East. It comes from the Hawkins, the, you know, and all this. And even someone like Kapil Gupta, who I read a lot, a lot of people don't like him, you know, because he's, he's, in, he's intense, but he's basically saying in all these books and all these things he writes, you know, look, own the fact that it's all BS. Own right. the fact that you are stuck like a dog on a leash to your programming own that when you're at a barbecue talking about ball games and Home Depot and all this crap, 
know that people are doing it because most of the time they're nervous. It's programming. They don't know what else to say. It's the same with, it's the same with health. I mean, you know that better than anyone. I'm really starting to see it now. It's just, I tweeted the other day. I said, people don't want results. They want easy. And that's why they don't get results because that's all we want. We want easy. So it's not judging that necessarily, which I'll openly admit I did it for years and years and years. Oh, oh yeah. I've, I've done it since I've known you. Like, you know, I've talked to you. That's been one of my big problems. Like, but it's not about the judging. It's essentially about the knowing. And then you know it and you go, Oh, I'm kind of like, you know, this isn't really thing. And then you go even farther into this stuff and you say, they're saying the same thing about me. I mean, it's just that that's the dream. That's the matrix is, but the whole point is there is a place before this programming and that's the no mind. That's the, that's why when people say they became enlightened, that they were just sitting there one day, their mom walks out with a ham sandwich and they're like, Oh, I'm enlightened. And the whole reason is mostly because they just had a break in that programming. The programming breaks, it clicks off for one second and they see the oneness, the love, all these things. And they go, Oh, that's real life. And then boom, there it is. Yeah, man. Like that's so well said. I mean, I, I have, I have a bunch of thoughts that resonated from what you just said, but like, I really like that idea it's, it's crazy. Like how people, um, man, I, I, I just had, like, I wanted to say I had one a mind track from what you just said and it just like fell out of my brain. Um, but, 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 but based on what you said, you know, um, people get so preoccupied yeah. with this idea that they can't take, you know, this, these works, right? Like these learnings, this knowledge, this state of no mind and, live in yeah western yeah yeah like live in just the matrix right or whatever we call the mainstream cultural conditioning and programming you've been talking about and it just popped back in my mind now so what i was going to say is monica and i got into a disagreement on saturday because she told me that well you know before we went to this thing yesterday with the family and stuff she said you know you don't have to go because i know you're not social and i'm like what like if you, you know, cause you know, if you ask a thousand people who know me, like that would be the last thing they would think of me as me as antisocial, but like she meant you're not social with quote unquote normal people. And so instead of me, like just accepting her statement, like I went to the whole egoic, like, well, what are you saying that about me for? Instead of just being in the no mind state of me, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, that's interesting. You know, you said that, um, and it's, you're not making a denigration or a derogatory comment about me. You're just saying you don't like to be social around normal people, but you're not like judging it. You're just making a point of statement or a statement of record of fact for you. And if we, as a per, as a people, me and you and anybody like who are like us, who stay in this quote unquote, no stop, no mind state, you know, a lot of the time or can be in that no mind state, we have to learn to never take what anyone ever says and get emotionally or viscerally reactive to it. It's just a statement. And, you know, that's what Monica is really good about is like making statements that are somewhat challenging. You know, you talked about Gupta, but if it's challenging to you, is that because you are attached Mm -hmm. to the statement? Projecting, yep. Yes, or are you literally just taking it as a statement and being like, hmm, that's interesting. Did that, 
let me think if that's true. And I think, I think that if we could learn to just listen to what people say, whether it's absurd or it's a point of record, or even if it's an abject truth and we didn't react to it and we just listened to it, like I said, you know, there's a million ways, right? Take a step back, take a deep breath. Monica's really good about saying like, Hmm, that's interesting. And then thinking, right. And just, and, and you know, a lot of people like, you know, who are very advanced, well, they won't even say think, right, Jason, they'll say, let me feel it. Instead of think about it, let's feel it, right? And, and so then, you know, you let your, your intuition or your higher conscious or whatever you want to call it, like, you know, you could literally just by breathing it in, you could think and feel it at the same time. But if we were more trained to do that, there would be so much less reaction and ego and, and just, you know, utter commentary, absurd commentary, but we don't. And, and even, you know, people like us who are trained to be like this, sometimes the mind or the ego or both wants to, like I said earlier, cash the check instead of just wanting to just like observe and be completely neutral. And again, get into that no mind state, you know, be the bull. And it just, when you can, when you can literally learn to harness that energy, right? Cause it's all energy, right? That's all it is. It's like, what energy are you putting into it? If you can harness that energy and not react, then really nothing that ever happens to you is ever going to set you off because you have that ability to just observe, listen, internally question, you know, if it's question or feel, think or feel, whatever it is, how, whatever works for you. And then you just get back into that state where you're just completely con in control and calm all the time. Yeah. And it's, there's a, it made me think of, um, there was a something Watt said in one of his books and he said, you know, and the mind goes when things go. And it's funny because I'm not, I'm not big on like tools. I, I think people use them as kind of a, like a bandaid, but yeah. it's funny because this is something in Ramana Maharshi. I mean, you know, who he is, he, yep. he kind of said this where he was always talking about, well, who's watching, who's mad, but Watts made a point and he said something like when the mind is going, you know, just sit there and say, Oh, you know, thanks. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. When the mind's going, go ahead and give me some more. And he said that statement and I was in my car. I was listening to because I bought it like on all versions. And I was like, that is unbelievable. Because if your mind is going, your ego, your mind, and you actually just stop and you say, go ahead. Yeah, just just go ahead. Do it. Again. You know, do it some more. Freak out some more. It stops because it's just observing you you're fueling it whether you know it or not and that was the point that he was trying to make so you know there are things you can do but i mean when you're telling your stories in my head i'm thinking that's it that that's enlightenment we think that it's all these things because of the east which is fine the east lives a certain way we live a certain way but it's literally just being aware that you have a choice because so many people don't know they have a choice. Just go outside for 20 minutes in a populated area and don't judge the people, but just watch. And it, I mean, they're talking to themselves, they're texting, they're walking a dog, they're buying groceries. I mean, there's never a point where they're going, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I stop. Like I got to, what, what am I doing here? You know, it's nonstop, nonstop. So if you kind of check that and you go, man, I'm really, and I do it all the time. I mean, especially on like workout days, you know, you get all amped up and things are like going a million miles an hour. And if you just sit back and you say, Hey, 
like, what am I doing here? 90% of the time it stops. And that's what I was thinking. And another point I wanted to bring up, this is funny because it's like a hard truth. Gupta said in one of his articles or newsletters or something, he, and I remember I had like three people message me cause I tweeted it or something and they hated it. They hated this. And I loved it. Cause he said he, they were talking, people were asking him the meaning of life. And he said, there's no meaning to anything that has a shelf life. That's what he said. It was something along those lines. And I loved it because people were freaking out like, well, you know, he was basically saying that anything that ends, there's no point to it. So everyone was taking it as like this pessimistic. It's like, man, you completely missed the point. What he's saying is there's no bottom line, quote unquote, documented point to life. It's what you bring to life. It's what you make. It's subjective experience. Like Hawkins says, if I tell you my point of life is to do blank, someone will come along and say, no, my point of life is to do blank. And that's where experience comes in. They'll say, no, it's not about experience. It's about love. Well, what's love and experience. So I just thought it was interesting when you were talking, it reminded me of that because sometimes, you know, you got to hit you got to get hit on the head with a sledgehammer and you got to be like, okay, you know, what's going on here? But everyone was taking that as this pessimistic, oh my gosh. And like you said, they were taking that because they're insecure. If you're not secure and someone talks about death, especially it's like, oh my God, (laughs) like that, we don't, we can't talk about that. So, you know, I just think it's interesting because it, it, like you said, that's why I brought it up. Life is a projection. Yeah. And, yeah. but you know, you have more power than you think. And that's what, that's what I try to tell people in the writing and the newsletter. You know, I, I, I don't know if you ever dealt with this, Jay, but there are definitely days where I wake up and I'm like, why am I doing all this? I mean, oh, yeah, you, this stuff takes time, you know, and you know, it does like recording this editing the newsletters. I mean, this stuff takes time, but we all had to start somewhere and we, you have to provide the resource. So there are things that if people listen to this and do it, you know, they, they, they work. All you have to do, well said, all you have to do is like, I go back to 2016. Um, you know, I'm already quote unquote, a successful author. I have a best-selling book at the time. It was actually already a year and a half later, or about 16 months later. Cause I'm thinking of December. Um, you know, the number one selling book of all time on testosterone optimization therapy. And granted, it wasn't where it's at now, but, you know, I I, I had already, you know, carved out my space in life. I have a really amazing relationship with my wife, Monica. We have a very good, successful real estate company. Everything is going well. But I just decided to wake up in the morning on in December of 2016 and I was depressed. And I don't know why I was depressed, but like you were saying, you know, you just wake up in the morning sometimes and everything is going wrong. And then you start thinking about it, you project it and blah, 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 blah. Well, ever since then, I took the, um, I forget what it was. I think it's called the, um, the, the, the something miracle, the consciousness manifestation, manifestation of consciousness miracle or something. You know, it's like a free thing you can get. Anybody can get online. And I went through that and I, my, I, I paid attention to um, the exercises and I did it probably for a solid 30 days, but it's completely changed my life since then because I have, you know, besides obviously creating what I talked about earlier in this day, in this podcast, my daily ritual and, you know, things that I follow, but I realized, you know, it goes back to what you said that all we have to do, regardless of what's going on in our life is recognize that the world is nothing more than a mirror. 
and that you are nothing ever more than just the reflection of what you put out. So if you wake up in the morning and you're depressed and you go into your day depressed and you start talking to people in a depressed fashion and yeah. you start thinking negatively and you start yeah. worrying and you start, you know, whatever it is that's making you depressed or negative or whatever, then guess what? That's what's coming back to you. It's so weird how so many people believe that by talking about their problems and like you say, projecting that negativity or that depression or whatever that it is outward, they don't realize that it's not helping. It's actually making it worse. This whole idea of, you know, I, I mean, I think this is the most simplistic way for people to understand it without getting into hermetic teachings, like the law of cause and effect is just to say the law of attraction. It, it, it makes sense, right? It's energy. And so when you push out negative energy by the words you speak, the thoughts you think, your, your action or your inaction, a lot of times it's inaction with others. Um, that's, what's coming back. Yep. So it's like, how simple is it? No matter where you find yourself in life right now, like how broke, how depressed, how shitty you might think your life is right now. What if you started realizing that the reason that it is, is because of exactly what you're giving the universe. You're putting out the negative thoughts. You're putting out the depressed mindset. You're putting out the wake up in the morning and you're all scattered. You don't have a plan and you don't have a morning ritual and you're not doing any of these things. If you started looking at yourself and really diagnosing internally, like why it's going wrong, you would realize that you're causing all of it. Yeah. It's literally yep. a choice yep. to be positive, to think positive, to talk to people about productive things, to do things that make you feel good and have joy and be positive. And again, I don't want to sound like a Pollyanna because Jason, you know, I'm not Pollyanna. You know, I talk about negative things. You know, sometimes I'll, you know, over-focus on things that are, I see that are going weird or going wrong in the world. We're all guilty of this at times, but if you can change your behavior, and of course, the thoughts that you think and the words that you say, because as you know, words have such great power. Mm -hmm. So if you can change those things to being positive, you know, the majority of the time, and then projecting that thought, that construct of, you know, I'm excited to be alive. I'm excited to do this today. I'm excited to do this podcast with Jason. I'm excited to talk to my wife. I'm excited to spend time with my kids. It's amazing how fast you can write the ship. And I think too many people today get lost in the idea that, oh my God, oh, woe is me. Yeah, they, what am I going to do? Yeah. And they don't realize that they can change everything, dude, in literally a split second. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to think that you become a master in your field or your discipline by thinking positively. I just mean that you can have a better life and less negativity and negative experiences if you just start thinking positive and obviously doing taking actions in the same way. Mastership or whatever it is that you wanna become great at takes time and it takes effort and it obviously it takes a consistent approach. But if you live in that way, meaning positively in the words you think and the thoughts, the thoughts you think and the words you use, then if you continue to show up over time, you're going to get to wherever you want. And, and you know, I'm actually going to be talking about that tonight about conscious manifestation um, and how important that is by a, an utter, not even a belief, belief is the wrong term, but it's like an utter knowing that yeah. you're going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yeah. And I mean, you nailed it in that it, it's, it's the funny part about, and I just, I, this keeps popping up when we're talking is we start talking, it kind of sounds very esoteric, and then it always comes back to actionable 
things, actionable points that we can do now. So in other words, the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, so what do we gain by the quote unquote negative? So if you are in a bad spot, which shit, we, we need 84 podcasts to talk about all the bad spots that we've uh-huh. both been in combined. I mean, that, right. no, this is just life, but when you really look at it, this is the definition of a master, which I think anyone could be tomorrow. You look at a situation, not hedonistically, but what do you gain? So if you're being like, in other words, I, I, you know, I have to admit these things. I go on Twitter and I say, don't do a damn thing. Don't, don't write anything down. Don't, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about, don't do it. But the point is, oh, you can do it, but it's got to lead somewhere and you've got to be in a position you know, to where you can use that stuff. So Jay, when you're talking to me about the stuff you're doing, it's being used. It's not doing it to just do it. Oh, I wake up and I, I do this affirmation and meditation. And then like, I go about my shitty day. It's like, no, that's being used. So then in that way, it becomes a choiceless choice. And that's the whole point. But the funny thing is, is there's nothing gained. So you're saying be more positive. And the reality is there's no other way you can be because what is someone gaining by putting that energy out? So people are hear us talk and say, oh God, like energy and universe and law of attraction. It's like, okay. So if you wake up, like you said, Jay, and someone is just in a pissed off mood all day, you think people aren't going to notice that? You think they're not going to feel that? And then you're going to get it back. And that's been a problem of mine because I, you know, everyone thinks I'm pissed off all the time when they see me, but you know, it's like you don't gain anything by doing that. And that's kind of the, that's like the whole point here is you don't have to hear the word law of attraction. You don't have to like energy. It doesn't, it's, you're going to get that back if you put it out. And it's like when people do things and like, even when I took that test the other week, I was like driving there and it was funny. I don't think I told you this, but I got to the parking lot and it's like a testing center and there's all these cars, Jay, and everyone in it is like freaking out. They're like looking at notes. Like we're just in a parking lot and they're just freaking out, studying notes, like looking at the clock, like 12 o'clock hits. Everyone gets out of their cars and like scurries over the testing building. I mean, it was so much tension, you know, like you could feel it. And I was sitting in the car and I was like, man, this is, this is ridiculous. Like this is legitimately ridiculous because I was starting to feel it. And I walked in there and because I knew it was ridiculous, I'm telling you, I was smiling the whole time I was in there. And I had this feeling of not, I wouldn't even, I would call it a realistic confidence where I was like, I'm not failing this test. Like it's just not happening. It just, it wasn't there. Like it's not, it's not, it's not happening. So my point is, what would have happened, Jay, if I went in there and had the opposite feeling? And I said, I'm afraid, like I didn't study enough, like this is BS. One guy next to me said he took it six times, you know, wow. so yeah. no, I they're told freaking you that. out. I told you that. Yeah, a lot of people, well, first off, let me just go back. So what did I tell you? When you were texting me, and again, Jason's Yoda, right, guys? So I want you guys to think about this for a second, because again, this just kind of quantifies how the ego will take over in times of stress and how you have to really truly be a master of, you know, knowing that, you know, and, and, you know, you already said it and I'll just spend two seconds on this, but like 
this is a perfect analogy of how people, even who are like us and, and can get into this space and, and change our state so fast, still are controlled by the ego when when something happens that we're not like, it's not native to us, right? So it was not native to you to take the NASM test. It's a very difficult test. If you start talking to people on the outside, they're like, oh my God, bro, it's really tough. I failed it six times, right? I failed it four times. So what did I tell you? I said, all you're going to focus on, and again, I'm just telling you this, you would have said the same to me. I said, all you're focusing on is a passing score. You're literally projecting that you're going to get a passing score and that's all that matters. And don't think about anything else. Don't think about what happened, how many times I have to take it, whatever. Because remember you said to me in a text message, and I'm paraphrasing, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm going to take it. And I'm like, dude, all you do is you're just projecting a positive score. And of course, first test, you you passed it, right? So you knew you know, through my help and just knowing, you know, getting back to who you are, which is the no mind space, you went in there in the no mind space and you said, I'm going to get a passing score and you manifested a passing score. Now to back to what you're saying, like the reality is, is that too many of us get so preoccupied on things that have, we have no control over happening, even when we're in a no mind state that that little tiny thing, when it happens, like now projects into this, like, Oh my God. And then, Oh my God becomes three days of, Oh my God. Yep. Right. Yep. And it's like when you can get to a point of when the bad shit happens. Right. And let's just say, and you, it didn't, but let's just say you failed it. Okay. So the guy in the no mind states like, you know what? Hmm, I failed it. I wonder what I can do better when I pass yeah. it the next time. Straight action. Yep. Exactly. And, 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 and most people don't do that. Right. They, they, they go into like, Oh, woe is me or I blame somebody else or, I didn't spend the right time studying or the people I paid to have a study guide were bullshit. I mean, it just, we create all these stories in our mind that, well, yeah, that allow us to never get back to where we want to go. So it's like, I think it's a perfect analogy that it's not always going to go right. I mean, it went right for you. You went in, you manifested greatness, which was a passing test and you knocked it out, but there are going to be times when you don't do it right. So it's when you don't do it right or when life, you know, goes wrong or when life, you know, happens, so to speak, in a negative fashion, it's how you react to that, that is the gift. And that's what I've learned in my life now that the beauty of life, and you've heard this a million times, is that our greatest joy is the opportunity that we have when shit doesn't go right. Yeah, And it's our emotion, right? It's our emotional reaction to shit not going right, that really creates a quote unquote person who is living in the you know, pure hyper awareness state the majority of the time. And I truly now look at my life as like, okay, well, when this doesn't go right, like, how do I learn from this? Because again, you know this, Jason, and we've said this a million times, we've both written about this. If your perspective is there's no failures, mistakes or collapses or debacles, but learning experiences, then you're always going to be prepared both mentally and of course, heart in the heart and the heart focus feeling that, this is all just a journey and you're here to learn from the journey. And like you said, you know, whatever is the experience, like just bend, you know, talk about the leaf floating down the river. You just bend with whatever happens. You don't break, you just bend and you go. And you just, again, you're, you're that that whole observation of being the bull. It's just, Hey man, it happened. And now I'm back into my life state and you know, it's going to flow and it's going to be up and down and left and right, you know, underneath and higher but I'm okay with it. And that's truly the benefit or the beauty of like living the life of, you know, what I would say, like a double 10 life, because once you're in that space of like, whatever happens, I'm okay with, 
then there's dude, there's nothing that can truly come that can knock you out of the zone or, you know, knock you out of the no mind, you know, knowing that, you know, space, because you're always going to get knocked out, right? You're yeah. always going to have life happen and throw your curveballs and whatnot. But it's, again, it's how you react to that. That is really the ultimate determinant for you living a life where nothing can ever take you off course. Yep. And that's exactly it. And the, the, the funniest part about it for people that are listening is they could say, oh my God, you know, it's like all we're using these terms and stuff, but you know, be in positive manifest. But the thing that is interesting about this, and this is why it's a popular thing and maybe used the wrong way in some circles, but it actually works. I mean, if you actually can do the things that you were saying, Jay, I mean, it works. It's literally the idea of letting go and then you get more. You know, people say that about money all the time. It's like something breaks in the house, money comes out of savings. And when you let it go and say, well, guess the sa- the numbers and savings are going down. What happens the next day? Oh, taxes come back, you get 20 grand. You know, it's, you actually gain stuff by doing this. It's not some escape to just, let's feel better. You know, like it actually works. And that's, you know, the most interesting part. So, I mean... You know, one thing for full disclosure, I'll say real quick is when I was sitting in that parking lot, like any human being, you know, I felt what those people were feeling. But the whole time I sat in the background and I observed it and I literally was like, oh, there it is, man. It kind of like reminds me of when I took this test and training or blah, blah. And it was just like radiating. And I usually picture it kind of like just an energy going out of my hands. Like I just kind of like, just like popping a balloon, you know, just up there it is, you know, cool. And you know, it was, this is not life or death stuff, obviously, but it was interesting because like you were saying this, these people were so stressed and they were just like sweating. I mean, but you know, it's funny. I mean, this is what we've been talking about for an hour is they were, making that there was nothing in that room that was doing anything there was no there was there was nothing the people that checked us in were nice there was ac it was a nice chair like they gave you earplugs i mean it was it was perfectly fine like um you know like uh like the the things you put i don't i didn't mean like headphones but they give you like earplugs you could put in your ears. And I literally walked in there and I just put them in my ears and I just leaned back and took the test. And it was a good example of, I think more of those people would have done better if you didn't create that environment. And that's what you have to know is that you don't, if you walked in that testing place and you weren't taking a test, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't feel a thing. You wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter. Oh, what's this place? Oh, they do. T- okay. Who cares? That's how you have to be when you're testing. That's the point of all this. That's the point of life is being in that space. And if the body reacts like it always does, you just sit back and say, yep, it's reacting. And you just go from there because you know, it's going to end, you know, at some Dude, that's point. That's so profound. Listen, I, we're not done with this podcast. Let's go another 10 minutes because like now we are going to go a little woo woo on it, but you know what, man, we've got... We've gone so deep, we might as well go deeper because I honestly think this is going to help people really understand. So if you truly understand like what all of us are as human beings, right? Like we know, Jason, right? That we're literally just in a meat sack. This physical body is a meat 
modem flesh puppet. Think of it as like a physical antenna that is attuned to everything, right? Like emotional vibration, sound, uh, sun rays, you know, obviously the energy from the sun, because our true essence inside this physical vessel, dude, is an energetic, whatever you want to think of it as. Think of it as like a ball of plasma. Um, you know, the quark physicists today and all the people that work in quantum physics will say that we're biophotons, right? Like you could read about biophotons. You can read about Dr. Joe Dispizenza's books and he talks about biophotons. It's very simple and dumbed down, but that's really what we are. We are nothing more, as you just said, is energy. And if you want to physically like understand it or explain it, you know, and I think this is the easiest way is like, think of yourself as a giant not giant, but like a, a ball, a yellowish orangish orb, like a ball of energy that's inside this physical meat modem suit, right? Now, obviously, Jason and I are big on health. We talk about, you know, taking care of your vessel, taking care of your meat modem, because it is important, right? Because you only have one, at least in this incarnation, to get around. So why would you, you know, blow it by eating like shit and drinking alcohol and doing all those other stupid things? But if really all we are is energy inside, Okay. And you understand that energy, again, this is just basic laws of thermodynamics. Energy does not die, right? Like energy is literally universally infinite. It travels, it travels, it travels, it never dies. If you knew and thought of yourself as just an energetic ball inside your meat suit, then why would you ever worry about dying? Why would you ever worry about limitation or lack or sickness or blah, blah, blah. I mean, you, it just goes on and on and on. Now, I'm not saying to think like, well, dude, if you and Jason are saying that you're, you're, we're just energy balls and I'm just going to go out and get fucked up and do drugs and eat like shit. No, that's not what we mean. But we're talking about like, don't be living in fear. You're nothing more than an energetic expression. All of us are energy. And so it's like you were saying, it's like, if you see yourself, and I do this now all the time, if you see yourself as that energetic ball, and you know that you're never going to die and that you're infinite and your expression and energy is like, you know, um, forever, then, then, then just be that energetic ball in like your relationship, be that energy in just the, the area that you're at. Like, you know, you were just talking about like energy. Like I feel now, Jason, I'm at a level now where, and I know you know this too, because we talk about this, like I can walk into a big public place and normally in my day-to-day -day life, a big public place is a gym, right? I'll go into LA Fitness. You went into that place with me. And I can literally walk into a place like that. And I can look around at the people that I do not know from Adam, right? I'm just exchanging um, space and energy with them in that gym. And I can sense the people who are overwhelmed. I can sense the people who are nervous. I can sense the people that have low self-esteem. I can sense the people, the way they carry themselves, the way they hold their bodies, the body language, the way they speak, the way they grab their hair, the way they're using their hands and all that other stuff, the body language that they project. It's like, I know what kind of energetic expression they're in. So it's like, if you know these type of things and you see yourself as a ball of energy, then just observe as a ball of energy would, like what's going on around you. And I'm telling you, man, when you start seeing the world from that perspective, and again, I admit this is advanced, but when you start seeing the world from this perspective, you're going to have more appreciation and more gratitude for the way you are in comparison to like what's going on around. Because I'm telling you, you know this, Jason, like the average person is all caught up and running a million different ways, you know, from sideways 
thinking and projecting, you know, nervous energy or negativity or just Fear, not yeah. being, yeah, not being in the zone, not being in that state of no mind or knowing that they know. And it's really, really weird to see it from that perspective. And I shouldn't say it's weird. It's, 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 uh, it's cathartic to see it from that perspective, because then you recognize that like, Hey, at the end of the day, we're all the same. We really are. We're all just balls of energy. And like, if you understand that energy isn't going to die, then like, well, how am I going to maximize my energy in this neat suit, in this time and space, in this day and age where I'm at right now? Well, I'm going to do it by conserving my energy. Sure, you can be energetic. You can have a high rate of sprint, be positive. But it's like, just observe everything from an energetic perspective. And it's amazing how fast you'll start seeing things for the way they really are and not being like worried, you know, running around judging yourself in comparison to other people. Yeah, and the, and the best part of that it's like you said is it's it's fear it's what is the point of fear quote unquote you know minus like a train coming at you what's the point of fear if you know those things and i mean that that's that's an awesome point and hawkins says you know there's a difference between caution and fear so like you can have caution like oh don't walk across the road like whatever but I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, and it, it's it, it and even the bottom line. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, well, I'm not really into any of this stuff. The bottom line is, what are you gaining from your perspective? So in your perspective, that isn't woo woo. That is, I don't care. I'm, I'm a I'm a this guy. I'm not really into that. OK, how's it working for you? That's the question, because you've got people like, I, you know, you know, Jay, I, I'm I I think a lot of people use this stuff for an escape, but the bottom line is if you're using a perspective and it's working, you have a new context and it's working, then who could say who's right or wrong? So you have to kind of ask the question of like, well, you know, don't believe this, don't believe that, but what's it doing for you? And we waste a lot of limited energy because, you know, we, we don't always have high energy every day on things that don't matter. And the funny thing is, is we create those things. So it's just a circle that never ends. This episode of the Painted Target podcast was brought to you by Awareness Integrations. Only you care about your problems. The Painted Target is also sponsored by Grave Delay Athletics, apparel that says I'm going to live well and cheat death. 